Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I got Rich Possum back on here again. Now you might have noticed I just posted one not too long ago, maybe within the last 24 hours with rich but the uh, fed came out and they did something that i I wasn't expecting to do rich i don't know what your thoughts were on that but you know they came out and said hey you know we're not gonna hold we're gonna hold where we're at not gonna raise rates which i think we all kind of knew that was gonna happen but they kind of had a um now panic's not the right word to use but they had a very post haste uh kind of approach to we're gonna we're gonna raise or lower rates going into next year uh you and i had talked about if something like that was going to happen, we would see something like that late third quarter going into fourth quarter type of deal. But they made it sound like they were going to do it like just as fast as they could in the first quarter. So I guess your reactions and, and am I reading too much into that? No, I generally agree. I, I could see where they wait closer to, uh, I've been saying May, June, July, maybe now April, May, June, but I wouldn't rule out the first quarter. There's been some Wall Streeters in just the last 30 days have stepped up to that um, that poll and said, hey, let's let's consider sooner rather than later. And, uh, yeah, I think we can read it that way and more so how Paul Powell spoke. Um, I was expecting Powell to be a bit more hawkish given that I felt like uh, they would say they're not raising rates and then their little text thing coming out. I just felt like that would be supportive. But uh, he really was uh, speaking dovish. 
And uh, he still left the door open saying, hey, you know, if something goes wrong, he and he also made a comment, hey, nobody can predict anything. <laughs> so, right. But, um, right. yeah. yeah, they they must have finally caught up with some of this data that many of us have been looking at for months here and saying inflation could come down pretty fast. Let's make sure this uh, doesn't evolve into something that the reason it's coming down is not economy getting back to normal, but the economy's got problems. So I think I think they're ready to help out here. And I think they're um, may even be acknowledging some of the stress tension amongst business and people, investors here, that they've kind of had enough of this. And uh, uh, so maybe they got a little bit of a Santa Claus thing going there and <laughs> kind of help out there. <laughs> but, right. uh, but yeah, I, uh, I was very pleased uh, how it all worked out and what they said, what they wrote. Um, it's been what we've been looking for. And you can see the marketplaces respond to the market saying this looks like pivoting. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I guess a true pivot is until they actually lower rates. But from what I understand for people who have been studying this for ever since the history of the Federal Reserve is they feel like as soon as they're talking about it and assume uh, pivots coming. So the market's already jumped and uh, stock markets are fine. You know, today it's starting to uh, back off a little here. People will say, well, wouldn't you sell the new? Uh, something like that and hey it's run too fast but i'll tell you the bulls i'm following i've got some people out there that uh, like myself they were looking for 52 5400s and i had been hopefully a year and a half ago we might even see 5700 during next year and then i thought better of it but there's some have gone that high They've, they haven't been that high up to 5700 uh there's someone who's looking at the end of 2025 for 6000 for the s&p 500 and here we are in the 4700s um, I generally agree with all that. I, I think we'll have some nice corrections in 2025 and then higher rather than just straight up in 25. But uh, when we got started on this in December of 2021, I said, hey, it's time to back this thing off. And 2022 could be a down year, but I was more inclined to think down and turn it up some. And that's what we got. It turned up a little later than what I would have desired, but it fit in the model. It worked. It was the latest allowed. And hey, they jumped on it. And But I can remember in December 21 also saying now in 2023, if you want the simplest forecast anybody can give you, just saying what's the direction for the year, I would say 2023 would be, uh, or I'm sorry, 2024 would be an up year. And I also said 2023 should be up if we get that turnaround in 2022. And we did. So this year was, you know, we had some slippery, scary times. It was mm -hmm. a little bit insane what they did in late October. You could even argue August, October, they overdid it. Um, my math and science says we overdid it in 2022. There was no reason to knock the stock market down 25%. It should have been down about 17, 20% worse case scenario. So we really did overreact to this war on inflation. And we're concerned the Fed could go too far and hurt the economy. And fortunately, I said in all throughout 2022 and 23, no recession. And I, I think we've seen enough evidence and the polling is suggesting enough people on board saying, let's just forget about even talking about a recession. And so this was um, this is a good sigh of relief for some people. I think yesterday when they saw what the Fed said and then the way they purchased um, another piece of evidence that's been going on all year long that we're digging ourselves out of this hole in the stock market and the economy's just been moving forward anyways. And I think we can get a, get a better thing going here. And I think the Federal Reserve's thinking, let's make sure it goes better. Uh, let's not starve 
the economy too much on this whole money stuff here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not too sure where they're going to go uh, on their balance sheets. Well, they they might actually lower rates fast in the sense they still would like to tighten up the money supply a little bit and get their balance sheet back to normal. And they might be thinking that'll keep us happy that we've got lower interest rates and we don't watch them what they're doing on the balance sheet right. of yeah. tightening things up. And I'm actually good with that. That's that's still a good bull market. Um, I don't think they really start, you know, backing off on that tightening thing. Uh, and 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 if they do, the market's going to immediately think, well, then they're actually printing money. Well, that would help the economy and stock market too. But I, I think it's a little too soon to go down that path yet. I think we just watch them on the interest rate first. And I think the stock market has got this one right. Okay. And uh, Steve Leesman over at CNBC made a comment. He said, it's almost like the Fed is uh, going along with the stock market. And it used to be the other way around. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, then seasonally, the uh, stock market normally goes up this time of year and we have a Santa Claus rally. Well, the Fed certainly didn't give us anything to to discourage that. So the stock market looks good. I realized the Fed was talking more of interest rates. So my thoughts on interest rates, uh, look how fast the bond market dropped uh, yeah. on what the Fed said. So, and they were already leaning that way. They've been leaning that way for a while. So I think they had a happy, dappy moment and said, buy more bonds and push the rates lower. I will say the interest rates have dropped. I, I thought they were going to drop to 4.2% about this time or as of two or three weeks ago. And now, of course, it's it's gone a bit lower, and I'm okay with that. But I do think we have to consider going into 2024. There will be moments uh, when the interest rates are going to have to bounce just because of their normal business, the supply, demand. Uh, it's not, you know, they just don't live their lives. Of what's the Fed doing? They have to get out there and create bonds and sell them and uh, settle them, get rid of bonds and this and that. And if the Fed, if the government needs to, you know, pump more money, uh, put on more debt, uh, that it boosts the supply, and we have seen all year long when they did that, uh, interest rates popped a little bit. So we're going to see some gyration here. Answer, I don't think this is a nonstop plummet unless the Fed does start lowering in January, Feb, because uh, I do think the free market will st- try to stay ahead of the Fed. The Fed loses a quarter a point, and the bond market might already be three quarters a point lower than them, but they're going to take it down another quarter point, okay? Right, yeah. They're, they're going to keep that cushion. Mm-hmm. They want to be the leader's of leading it down and uh and they got a nice lead now historically you can see where the free market may have to sit and wait a little bit and then see that proof but that doesn't bother me in the stock market anymore i think the stock market is starting to split away from worshiping uh, interest rates and federal reserve and uh, they've been feeling this all year long i think that they just know they're not seeing the evidence of where the economy is crumbling and here they, they've been holding the stock market back is the best way I can describe 2023, even though it's an up year, a nice up year. Okay, I'm looking at some of my accounts, and the most simplest of them all are up 20%, which really isn't great. I have some that are up much more than that, uh, just because of the investment products. But at the same time, um, something was holding it back. It could have been better than this. And that something is they were just worried about where are we going with the Fed Reserve and raising interest rates. And mm-hmm. we got the mortgages too high, you know, and it crippled the real estate market. And we discussed that the other day. Uh, so there's definitely some relief here. And this morning I heard um, the average mortgage rate was down to 7%. had been over 8 So that's helping. So, if anything, the bond market is trying to make sure it puts the brakes on this to make sure we don't get into recession. So, in my opinion, we have an added safety and added cushion here by this. 
But at the same time, I don't know as I see bond prices just screaming higher and interest rates just crashing here either. <laughs> They've done enough that we can see some fluctuations, some stability at times. And there may be, that may confuse the stock market just a little bit at times, but that's okay too. Hey, we've had a nice run up. There's, there's, I fully understand why at times the stock market is going to have to set back, even if everything's going very well. It's just normal business. But, um, I must say the trend of the stock market looks really good. <laughs> I'm yeah. sticking, I'm sticking with my 5200s, 5400s. I got more mm-hmm. people in the past six months here have jumped on to the 5400 idea. And I think that's probably where we're headed. So I think that's good. And I will say some of the volume in the last few days, or even the last few weeks, even of this big run up we've had wasn't necessarily the greatest of what I wanted to see. But, um, I think the problem was people were still unsure. I think if we pulled, if, if, if the marketplace was a single person who said, what have you been doing the last few weeks? They would have said, I've been buying some. And uh, and the reason it moved up so fast was really the bears were getting burned and had to cover themselves before they could go out and actually buy it. So it wasn't necessarily the best of demand, but I think we've got this one. I think uh, mm-hmm. it's going to sometimes back off a little bit and consolidate and stall out at times. But I think people are saying, give up on the idea that you're going to get a real nice big buy the dip opportunity. It should have happened by now. <laughs> we didn't get it. And I, I, th- I think the marketplace is now more concerned of if it's going to 5,400 in the next year and businesses are going to do that. Well, I'm still got too much in cash, you know, and you know, maybe I better not worry so much. Can I fight for a lower price? Maybe I just got to get it done. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's thinking we got a chance to finish this year off with uh, even better than this right now, even though we might in the next couple of days see a little bit of a setback in the stock market. And again, we may see some ripples in the interest rate, but uh, very convinced for this size of decline in the free market interest rates that uh, we probably got a long-term top in place and the Federal Reserve just helped me feel better about that. Yeah. So, our, okay, so they talked about three times next year that they would lower rates, and I don't know. They kind of beat around the bush on that, I mean, but they were kind of hinting towards that, I guess. Would you expect to see something similar like we saw this year where they were doing, when they were raising rates, where it was a quarter or a half a point type of deal, that they would go backwards that amount? Or do you think it would be mm-hmm. smaller than that? Yeah, yeah, I think I don't see a reason why they would do three quarters, one that would also that would almost make me nervous. Maybe they think something's going wrong. <laughs> right. They got yeah. to step in here pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're looking at quarter. I bet they only start out quarter period, and uh, yeah, but uh, maybe an occasional half at sometimes. I, I think they're in a mood where they just want to help out, make sure now we have a good growing economy. I think they're feeling better that, that we are getting back to normal. I, I noticed Powell mentioned vertical supply chain. Me, I, I gave up on talking about supply chain a long time ago. I, I thought it was pretty much fixed. Uh, I didn't see any personal issues when I'm out buying stuff, and I didn't really see it in the data. But it's interesting. The last few months, it really started to pick up uh, in the, as one of the buzzwords in the news of people still saying worries over where we're going for supply chain. And, and I think Paul was trying to point out the supply chain took a little bit longer and it took uh, was a little harder to correct it. And um, that helped hold the inflation from dropping as fast as they would have liked. But I, I think they're now seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here that it ought to continue lower. But he also said, you know, I think we have to consider inflation will actually move lower slowly over a long time. We've seen the fastest, largest drop. But I think we got this trend. I th- you know, I think we get 
to two percent someday, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think the stock market's the mood is saying, well, we don't necessarily need it today because I think the stock market knows it's behind. You know, if you cancel this whole inflation stuff and interest rate stuff and look at the economy, except maybe for the first quarter of 2022, there was no reason for the stock market to be down. The, co- right. the economy, economy was strong. We did business. So we made the stocks cheaper than what it should be. Well, now we're starting, at least the Fed's starting to say, I guess we're done with this. Well, suddenly in my mind, I'm thinking, well, we sure as heck didn't lose any ground last year on, on the uh, where we were going for the business economy. The stock market did, but stock market got it wrong. Well, give me that back. Put it back up there. And that's your normal storm market. Well, that's why it's charging right now, trying to get back to a record high. I and mean, there's even some people really doubted we'd see a record high being in the air. Now they're, they're entertaining it. Yeah. I have no idea, but uh, I have some targets I'm going to be discussing with my subscribers tomorrow, and we'll see just how strong it goes. But uh, to me, then, if we're really just getting back to where we should have been over the past 12 months, yet we're forecasting still a growing economy next year, even better profits at some point, right? The moment some have slumped, well, then we got to go even higher still, you know? Right. So we're just getting caught up here in the stock market, really. It's, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating structure, a bit of a puzzler at times, but it, it really has been uh, quite the story. And uh, so I realize there's always the risk of everybody be getting too many people bullish and then going too far bullish. But I, I think that's a long ways off before I worry about that. So then you're, what you're telling Rich is that 24, 25, and then some kind of a correction in 26. Is that kind of what you're thinking? I think we're still going to get it in 25, but I'm starting to wonder one of my favorite uh, friendly competitors, you know, he's talking 6,000 at the end of 25. I got looking at it and I said, you know, I could get that over and done with just in the first quarter of 2025. (laughs) It might be nothing more than a 10% drop and and that might make me happy and everything will be right back in line. And I thought, by golly, you could be at 6,000 by the end of 25. So uh, I've been saying all along, I've been telling subscribers for quite some time now, in 2025, we got to review things. we got to consider what's going to be the next bigger ripple along the way of higher uh, this decade. And we're still going to do that. But I must say, um, I'm starting to feel a little more relieved and not worrying quite so much about it. And, and we shouldn't anyways. If I, when I tell people, well, we could have a slump at 25, if they say to me, well, I guess I better not buy so much right now then. I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> you can you can miss out of a lot before we get there. Okay. Right. And uh, so at any rate, um, yeah, I like this. I like the idea of three rate cuts. I mean, I've been touted around a little bit in Wall Street, but um, I was surprised some of the uh, headlines I watch on some of these websites uh, in the past. They might say, well, the Fed leaves it unchanged, and they say, oh, I have a couple little things. It isn't quite a bit later. They would talk about the dot map and talk about how many times they're going to lower. Boy, this time, bam. I mean, it was right up there with the headlines. Lower three times, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the media, Wall Street, the marketplace were just far more sensitive to this and more than willing to jump on board. And uh, and that's a nice set of cuts. And they're talking maybe uh, down to 4.6% for the Fed. We're in that five and a quarter, five and a half right now. that's that's that can help the economy and the stock market. That's constructive, but um, I didn't look that great a detail in the dot map. But uh, people are saying there was a few on that board 
that were offering lower than that, maybe quite a bit lower. So, um, yeah, this was this was most positive Fed Reserve output we've had in a year and a half now, two years. <laughs> so uh, the market's excited. I think they're starting to wipe the sweat off their head and the forehead and and just saying, you know, maybe maybe we can uh, be more optimistic here and uh, and move forward. And again, I think that's going to help move the focus away uh, from some of this interest rate fluctuation during the day, during the week. You can just see these these day traders, the computers, if they don't have anything better to do, they just put the stock market up and down according to what the interest rates are doing. But right. you can see that's not working quite as well as well earlier uh, in the year here. And it tells me they're starting to shift their modeling. There's trading systems on the fast side. But I think what's really going on for the long-termers, uh, the people are talking, where are we going for a year? What does it mean for my business? What does it mean for my portfolio? Um, they're basically feeling more comfortable of just worrying less about, about the interest rate game. The stock market is going to start doing more of its own and have a stronger, better focus on what the economy is doing in business. And right at the moment, it looks like companies aren't going to make, make the money. So I like it. Um, you know, the Fed is still showing at one time, I guess they were saying we might not get to 2% inflation to 2026. Well, they moved that to 2025, according to some or how they're writing about it. Uh, that doesn't concern me that much, but I think it just sends a message that the Fed thinks for the moment, it looks like, hey, we won on this and we can put it behind us. And uh, worst thing can happen now, of course, if inflation suddenly spikes. But um, I think hopefully, or I'm hoping the Fed is comfortable with the idea there's going to be some bumps in the road on inflation at times. Yeah, uh, And I think they have. I think Paul has made that comment a few times uh, this year. But uh, overall, yeah, I got to give this a thumbs up. It was interesting. It wasn't like a, to me, it's a two thumbs up and the market is saying that. But really, when you look at how people wrote about it, they were still somewhat hesitant to be yeah, about it. They, were, they weren't going to stick their neck after too exactly. far. Exactly. You know? It was like one thumb up and it was like, yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah. that goes, that, that's a lesson of the psychology. And I was taught this by someone, a teacher who was teaching, uh, to prepare for professional licensing in all kinds of financial markets. And he said, the thing you got to remember is it takes the human mind about three weeks to learn anything worthwhile that it definitely needs. So they said, that's why you've got to study for three weeks before you step into the report. Well, I started looking at some of my business cycles and I said, well, I can come up with scenarios of three weeks, three months, three years, <laughs> you know? And I said, yeah, there is that lag. And I think that's what's going on. We finally get this glorious moment from the Fed and people are saying, whoa, you know, they, they just weren't quite as excited as you would have expected. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just this lingering things in their back of their mind. What else can go wrong? But again, that tells me, yeah, that we've probably have done a significant turn and they're going to get caught up over time. Right. And, at least, and again, at least the market gave us its vote and said, let's go with it. Right. Yep. All right. Last thing. And then we'll, <clears throat> we'll close it down. Um, January meeting comes around and things go the way they're going to do. Then they get into February when they start talking about making some adjustments, those kind of things. What rhetoric, I guess, how is, how is the market going to react to, we're still going to hold tight. We're not going to go up or down on anything right now. in the, at the first quarter of the year, what, what's the market's temperature if this, if they don't do it in January, February, March, but they wait till until April. I mean, do you see a big, Oh no moment type of thing in that first no, quarter? No, not in a sense. We might see five to seven percent down, but believe it or not, that's normal trading during a year. 
um, which for some people, they would say, ooh, I don't like to hear that. But really, that's normal business. And I think that's what would cause a, a setback. Uh, that's probably a, just a buy the dip moment. Right. And my model's already targeting <clears throat> some of that happening in January, Feb. So we'll, we'll take a look at that, uh, when we get there. Um, and especially if they do push this higher all the way into like early Jan, because some of these Santa Claus rally people say, well, it should go higher all the way into January 2nd. If it gets into, uh, higher into Jan, that would increase the downside of the Fed coming out and kind of chilling out. Well, gee, they, they didn't really follow through with what they told us, you know. So, and I think the Fed could cause a little, a little bit of setback in the stock market without actually putting out something negative. You know, they just could say, well, we're not ready yet. Right. And, and then I could see the stock market dropping some just, just because we took it too high to begin with within the long-term bull market. <coughs> Excuse me. And again, I think that's just another buy opportunity, frankly. Yeah. I think people better learn if they haven't already, um, that, a lot of this bearish news that might even sound long-term will probably only impact the market a couple of weeks. I mean, we're in that kind of a market structure. And that's that's generally the characteristics of uh, U.S. Uh, long-term stock market bull markets. Uh, the bear markets can make those that same news last longer and, and take us lower. But in a bull market, it just kind of creates that little shock and if you sold a little while later saying, why did I do that? You know? Yep. And so I'm not saying we ignore bearish news. You always have to evaluate and say, gee, am I, is this something significant? Am I missing something here? But you just have to realize if we're in a solid bull market and it looks like we are, um, the bearish news, its job is to get you to sell so you don't make as much money out of the bull market. And it's simple right. as that. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. All right, Rich. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your podcast. Okay, criticalpointpod.com. It's a website about myself. You'll find a page where you can sign up, but you can also find a page that will show you some of the free audios and uh, uh, videos, and as well as those that are locked up. And what it's really doing is taking you to a host uh a site at criticalpoint.podbean.com. But, uh, but go to criticalpointpod.com, check it all out, and uh, get on board. It's going to be a, an interesting journey this decade here of economic growth and, uh, and the stock market and financial markets. And We're going to have some fun and hopefully make a buck or two. <laughs> I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. All right, Rich, appreciate you being on, man. Uh, we'll catch you uh, here 1st of January. We'll do something like this again. Very good. Thank you. All right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to Moving Iron Podcast at Snapchat, TikTok, and see the video version over on YouTube at Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Go to movingironllc.com for everything Moving Iron related. And uh, Rich, if I don't talk to you, have a Merry Christmas, buddy. The same to you. Thank you. Right on, man. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. 
There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard work 